what was the issue? What has the Financial Conduct Authority done about it? So the issue was the charging of discretionary commission in motor finance transactions. So this is where the introducer, broker or dealer has the power to change the interest rate that the customer is paying when they propose that deal to the lender. The FCA has, uh, over the course of three years since they first announced they would be looking at this, uh, reviewed the practice and introduced a ban which comes into effect on the 28th of January 2021. Such a practice lends itself potentially to abuse, doesn't it? Yes, we agree with the FCA's premise that linking remuneration to customer interest rates is a conflict of interests between both the broker and the customer and the broker and the lender. So this is going to be banned, but it's not actually, the ban is not actually taking effect until next year. That's right. So there was, um, in the FCA's proposal paper, a three-month implementation period proposed. Uh, the industry uh, responded um, and said that that was too short. And in the light of that response and in the light of the COVID pandemic, uh, the FCA has given more time for the, uh, for the market to implement this change. Well, this is just one area of retail finance, but presumably this sort of thing potentially could have gone on in other sectors. Absolutely. Interestingly enough, when I was uh, starting my career uh, in retail banking uh, was pretty much the height of the PPI scandal. And we all kind of know what happened there eventually. And I think really the discretionary commission does fall into the same bracket where, you know, you have people selling products that are modified to be unsuitable for the consumer in their own best interests. All that said, there is nothing to say that a consumer, for example, with motor finance, has to take the finance deal that's on offer from the dealership. And one might argue, caveat emptor, buyer beware, shop around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and that was some of the feedback that the industry gave to the FCA. That was one of their um, challenges to the FCA's proposals. However, I think that, you know, we are not living in a uh, laissez-faire economic world anymore. And consumer protection rights have developed over the years uh, in everything from food safety to finance products to health and safety at work. And you do have to realise that there's a huge informational asymmetry between the consumer and the broker and the lender uh, in that, you know, the broker can present a deal to the consumer in a way that disguises the true nature of that deal, unless, of course, you're dealing with an expert consumer. And really, I would say, yes, consumers have an obligation to shop around if they want the best deal. But what you can't really justify, in my opinion, is a situation where two consumers at the same retailer are charged different prices depending on their level of commercial expertise. Let's press the fast forward button then. How does this affect the evolution of, in particular, the motor finance industry in the future? 
Well, I think it's very interesting that this has happened at the same time as the COVID-19 pandemic, which has obviously driven retail generally, uh, and put it, as you say, on the fast forward setting, away from physical transactions and towards digital transactions. And that's something that has been seen in motor finance uh, and motor retail generally for a number of years now, you know, with all of the major manufacturers trialing some kind of digital purchase experience, which is ultimately aimed at in, you know, disintermediation between the manufacturer and the consumer. I think that this will ultimately bring down costs across the supply chain because obviously at at the moment you have lenders having to monitor brokers having to decide what the commission banding should be what the minimum and maximum commissions chargeable are Uh, once this ban comes in an element of that oversight will go away the lender will say the rate for this type of deal is x And hopefully taking those costs out should provide benefit to the consumer and should provide benefit to the broker and the lender. I don't see this as challenging the model of lenders getting their products to market through brokers. I think that's going to stay. And in the mortgage market, where commissions are calculated differently, you see the introducer model thriving. So I genuinely see it as a good thing. And I genuinely see it as something which is through luck rather than judgment, if you can say that in this situation, well-timed. You say that, but we have a situation in financial services generally where there is a level of a levelling of the playing field. There is the introduction of things like open finance, open banking. Are platforms like that not going to eat the lunch of the brokers, if I can put it that way? I think there's a couple of things. One is that the ban only affects regulated agreements and it only affects regulated purchase agreements. And so there's still a a lot of uh, business out there for brokers to do in the B2B sector, where I think arguably they can build deeper relationships, add more value to the end customer uh, and so on and so forth. I think open banking and platforms generally they are going to take some business away from traditional ways of doing things. But ultimately, you still need a shop front. You still need people to talk to on the phone. Not everybody is going to be purchasing a £30,000 asset with a click of their mouse on the computer. I think there is still a lot of work out there for brokers. I don't see this as as an existential threat to them. Let's focus specifically on you and your business to, to end up with. Quote Vine, what does it mean for, the, for, for Quote Vine? I think for Quote Vine, it means that we can continue our mission to make the process of acquiring a vehicle or an asset as easy and streamlined as possible for all concerned, you know, for the consumer, for the broker, for the lender. And, and trying to join those dots and make sure that transactions happen as painlessly as possible. And, you know, we are working on inventions like open banking to pull those into the stream and, and really take away lots of unnecessary manual work. So, again, we, we see this very much as part of the streamlining of the industry generally. 
I think the interesting point really is the exclusion of personal contract hire from the ban. Personal contract hire is a very fast growing area of retail motor finance. And I thought one possible explanation is that the product as a whole might be looked at by the FCA in the near future. Obviously, with contract hire originally being a B2B product, arguably, and this is raised by some of the respondents to the FCA report, they say this move might drive people to push consumers into personal contract hire, which doesn't actually have some of the statutory protections that personal contract purchase, its main competitor, does have. So I think really that's an area to watch in the future. What's going to happen with personal contract hire? Is the regulator going to take a deeper look at that and examine whether it's fit for purpose?